Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey Jody, how you doing? Hello Paul, how are you? Um, doing fantastic. Um, kind of around the same as last week, and as you know, uh, last week... It's a weird kind of fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> very weird fantastic. I can definitely say that. We did a podcast last week, for those of you out there um, who haven't listened in a while or are new listeners, welcome. Uh, we did a podcast last week on the coronavirus. And, and so, Jody, how was your week, uh, kind of week one, under our belts of being locked in the home, uh, being quarantined, uh, self-quarantining, as they call it, social dis- distancing, all these new terms coming out. How was your week, Jody? Yeah, I, the week was was pretty good. Uh, you know, all things considered, everybody's healthy, which is the most important part. Um, we talked about this on the last podcast, Paul, but, you know, we were prepared before we even got into the craziness that was this past week. Um, you know, we stocked up on food. Um, I actually withdrew some cash from the bank just to have a little bit of cash on hand, just to have cash, which I normally don't have. Um, got prepared, just got mentally, financially, physically prepared for everything. Um, you know, no surprise, the kids were home from school all week. My wife is a school teacher. She was home. Um, so we're all here in the house together and I work from home. We're all here in the house together and went out for walks um, and let the kids spend a little more time on Xbox because that's how they can all talk to each other because we shut down the bike rides and the uh, playgrounds and the play dates and all that stuff. You got to do what you got to do. Um, and all things considered, our week went just fine. And um, helping them and us find some, you know, some emotional stability, some social stability. Um, the walks and the, I think the, the most amazing thing for us, us has been the, the neighborhood walks, you know, a couple of walks each day just to get outside, breathe some fresh air. And every, I don't know about your neighborhood, Paul, but everyone in our neighborhood is doing the same thing. So we're all walking. And it's this amazing phenomenon to see, you know, dozens of people, <laughs> families walking just on family walks together. And you walk past each other and you, hi, how you doing? Or you have a conversation literally from two sides of the street, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. keeping a, a decent distance between us. Um, but at the same time, there is this, in our neighborhood, there's this sense of community that um, when I step back from it, I think, wow, we haven't had this level of a sense of community since I can remember. And it's really nice. Um, it's really great to see people out and walking and run into people and talk to people in a way that we just hadn't before because um, you just didn't do that. And, and I really hope that if anything comes out of this that is, that is sustained, um, it is that heightened sense of community. Um, and it's that heightened sense of, of connecting with your neighbors and um, – not even necessarily leaning on each other or depending on each other, but just being connected in that way. It's It's been really great. That's cool. That's cool. I, I, I can't say we've experienced the same, maybe because I'm lazier. Um, we, we have to start getting out more. I know the kids have been running around outside. We, we sort of, um, this week, I guess, kind of for me, um, focused on making sure that I'm trying to stay ahead 
of the the food. I think the biggest worry for me is the food and making sure that we have enough food to sustain uh, a couple of weeks out. But I know that in one trip to the grocery store yesterday, um, and I've been doing some mail order, so some tips out there. Uh, there's a lot of good companies that are selling, you know, like Omaha Steaks. I'm not plugging them, but I had some good ideas from others that were telling me, you know, to place orders here and there. And I've strategically placed some orders that should be arriving in the next several weeks um, to kind of augment the the food supply that we have in the house. But outside of that, everyone is surviving. And I go back to uh, thankful and grateful. Um, my job allows me to work from home. I'm very busy. Uh, every day um, working. Uh, my whiteboards in my office are filled with drawings and trying to pull things together for work, um, conference calls, etc. My wife has been very busy with her job. Uh, the kids are doing their school thing. Um, and so I think that overall, thankful and grateful come to mind. I know there are a lot of families out there and we're only one week in and things are falling apart. And I'm hopeful that this will end uh, soon, um, and I'll just leave it at that because I have no prediction, uh, no prediction. I don't think any of us can predict what's going to happen. So um, I think with that, we'll kind of jump into the um, the stories of the week, right? So we always want to start with some stories. So we'll start with some uh, personal finance stories that we found. So the first one, very timely, uh, from CNBC, four key coronavirus crash personal finance questions answered. So they talk about um, people that want to withdraw from their retirement plan or IRA early or take a loan, uh, freelancers that are facing complicated tax season decisions, and college students that are anxious about education they've paid for that they're not getting and what's going to happen with that money that they've spent. Um, so, And Jody, be honest with you, beyond the four items here, there's other things financially. Uh, the one key question, do you keep your money in the market or do not keep your money in the market? And I have my personal take on that. Uh, Jody, what is your take on this uh, story? Great article. Uh, I think this is one of probably thousands of similar articles that are out there and four of thousands of questions that people are probably asking themselves right now. Um, I think, you know, like we said last week, Paul, um, if if you weren't prepared for the place that we are in now in terms of having a written budget, in terms of having an emergency fund, uh, in terms of having your financial plan and your act together, um, you need to do it yesterday. Yeah, I, I think those are all good points. And I think one of the things that I wanted to stress that's not indicated in the article, but it's been weighing on my mind and I'm sure weighing on a lot of people's minds, especially the audience that listens to us. We've made investments into retirement. And if you look at your retirement accounts this week, if you look at your 529 plans for your kids, you're going to see a significant drop. And the idea here is, you know, do you, do you sell, right? And th there's all kinds of different schools of thought on this. And we've talked about this on the last podcast where we said, well, hold on tight because no one ever gets hurt if you if you get off the if you stay on the roller coaster through the whole ride. This week I gotta be honest with you, Jody, I had some pangs of of thought on this, right? And I'm saying to myself, do you liquidate? Are things gonna go, you know, and then pick up the rebound? Um I I'm sure there are people out there that are doing that. And I'm sure there are people out there that are um 
thinking about doing that. I could tell you personally, I'm, I'm, I can only go from what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave them alone. I'm going to avoid looking at them. And I'm hopeful that they'll all rebound once this is over. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, unless you need the money today, just leave it where it is. Um, because it will come back. It, it, you know, historically, it's always come back. If you don't need the money today, it will come back. If you are in a life and death situation and you must take that money, and I, I use the words literally life and death, you must take that money. That's to me would be the only triggering event to liquidate any investments you have right now. Otherwise, just let it sit. You got more important things to worry about. Oh, very well put. Very well put. Thank you, Jody. Um, the second story. Uh, is timely because it, it revolves around our topic. We didn't mention what our topic is today at the top of the podcast, but we're going to talk about Reddit personal finance random topics. So we're going to talk about Reddit a little bit, but um, the, the next story we have is from, I think it's a Yahoo story, if I'm not mistaken, which I'm usually not a huge Yahoo story fan, but that's okay. Yahoo uh, Finance, now owned by Verizon. <laughs> And uh, and and the the headline is Reddit has become the gospel of personal finance. And I thought this was an interesting story because, from my perspective, um, you're getting so basically maybe this is a good time to kind of jump into what Reddit is, right? So Reddit is a, I guess, Jody, how would we best put this? Reddit it's a message is, board is it's a, a message public, board, public yeah. message board, and it and it can be. As long as you take things with a particular grain of salt, it can be a terrific source of some specific types of information. I'll give a good example. Whenever I have a tech question about any of my home tech, and I love my home tech, whenever I run into a problem with my home tech and I can't figure out how the heck this thing works, I go on Reddit. Because <laughs> there's always someone there who has the exact question that I'm asking, and they've got 47 different people who've had the same problem, and someone in there has figured out the solution. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I got turned on to Reddit by my good friend Anabov. And he was telling me about it last year. And I found the personal finance channel, right? So it's full of channels. So whether you're into gardening, personal finance, buying a car, like there's there's 14 million people on Reddit. There's 14 million accounts on Reddit. And really it's about, like you said, crowdsourcing of opinion, subjective advice, and you're getting a lot of different ideas and different points of view on different topics. And so, some really fun, goofy stuff on there too. I mean, cat memes and things like that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And this, so I thought we what we talked about, and we think would be a fun thing to do this week, is we've picked five Reddit questions that people have posted onto Reddit in the personal finance forum or chat room or community. They call them communities, and we're going to dive into each one of them and then give our opinion of what we think the answer may be to that question. So I'm going to start with topic one, and the gist of it is, um, is now a bad time to buy a house? And the story talks about a wife and, and, and a husband that are building a, that have been building a house for almost six months, and they're going through um, you know, loans and now the COVID-19 virus, and they're trying to figure out you know, advice on how to move forward, right? And they're, they basically, they're thinking about backing out of the deal. So Jody, put yourself into this couple shoes what are you thinking yeah so he he writes here that basically he's ready to close uh he's getting a little cold feet specifically because of the environment we find ourselves in right now he says his wife's a nurse not worried about her paycheck he's in the airline industry worried about his paycheck 
Um, and so there's this gigantic question mark that they have. Should they close on this house, worrying that they might not be able to afford the house if they go down to one salary, um, and they're, they're only going to lose $4,000 if they back out? Um, I think... I would probably uh, the only way that I answer questions if you know if if I were in their shoes what would I do? Um, this is a really tough one. Um, I would probably go through with it, assuming that all the underlying other questions are are fundamentally sound, right? That you've 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 not overbought on the house, that it's the right house in the right place. You didn't have house fever when you went in to do it, and all those kinds of other questions. I would probably go through with it and close um, if it's the house that you wanted and you made the right decision um, and worry about the paycheck later. Um, I, I, now that may sound, you know, sort of, some people may say that, oh, that sounds irresponsible. Um, and if you really do have cold feet and you're really worried about it, well, you know, a $4,000 bath may be, you know, a cheaper one to take than a $400,000 bath. So there are some underlying questions here that haven't been asked. Um, and I can go down through the thread here and, and figure it out, but I would probably go through with this. Yeah, I think for me, it, it is a tough question. And when I look at the story and I look at the description of uh, the background, I don't have enough information to make the decision. Uh, the things that come into mind are, do they have an emergency fund? Um, what is the, you know, what is the, what is the likelihood of him being laid off? Can they survive on one income? And there's some little pockets of, of knowledge within there, uh, or, or that tell the story, but I don't know completely. So it's hard for me to give a complete answer, but like you said, I'm going to do the best I can to kind of think about what I would do. And I would probably proceed with it. Um, because to me, it's a, it's a two way door decision. Um, meaning that if you get into it deeper and something does happen, you could probably get out of it some way, somehow. Um, and that's why I, I still think that I would go through with it as well, Jody. I wouldn't let this stop me. I would I would proceed if this was my dream to get this house. And, and like I said, I would like to see more parameters in here and to make this decision um, so I'd have a better, more informed decision on it. But just from the knowledge, from the things I'm reading here, I'd probably go through with it as well. Yeah, and, and I think the consensus is with us. I'm looking at the responses, the 150 comments, and they're overwhelmingly say, go for it. Um, the second question that we're going to take, uh, we're going to review, uh, what to do with a large signing bonus? Uh, this is a good question to ask or a good problem to have. I just got a signing bonus of 50K after taxes. The catch is that if I am there... For less than a year, then I have to give it all back. What would be the best thing to do with this? I was thinking about putting it in a one-year CD. Thanks. It's not your money yet. <laughs> if you have to give it back, if you're if you're there for less than a year, it's not your money yet. It's not your money until it's in your checking account. <laughs> I would totally that's agree. My, that's my first reaction. Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree. I, I think that I would have to say that I would put it into a CD and pretend I don't have it until the one year is complete and I know the money's mine and then I count it in my in my income or count it against my 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 net worth and then do what do what you wish with it after that. But for just asking that simple question, the best thing to do is park that money into an account that's risk free. The last thing you want to do is put that money into high risk stocks and then you find out three months in 
your boss is really, really awful. <laughs> you have to leave. But you can't because you lost all your money against the stock pick that your your buddy gave you. And now that 50 grand is 20 grand. And in order for you to leave, you'd have to pay back, you know, the 50, which means you have to come up with 30. I don't want to be handcuffed like that. So I would have to agree with this person's first instinct. And that is to keep that money locked in a one-year CD. Just put it there and um, and keep it there. But I do love some of the comments in here. I'm going to read some of these, Jody. So... One these of comments them is, are great. These comments yeah. are great. Sign on bonus of fifty k. <laughs> what exactly do you do, right? And and it's just so funny that people are you know. Then there's another person that comments back and says uh, tech, right? Um, you know, and and it's like I'd be willing to work if he get. You know, there's all these different comments, and and this is the funny part about Reddit. I'm reading these, and you can feel the venom. The jealousy and the envy coming through some of these comments. So, <laughs> please, you have to ignore those. Am I getting it wrong, Jody? I mean, I could see that, right? You know, I could see how some of these questions are posed. But, but and you know like what I love? One guy says, "Guessing it's a this. new Facebook. I guess it's a new grad getting offered by Facebook to go work for the, you know." And and it's just like, come on, folks. Like a person just was lucky enough to get a bonus of fifty k. Right, and they're making the assumptions that this is a kid out of school, and like all these different things, and they have no idea the backstory. But they're making oh, yeah. the, all these the comments. Ju- the judgment is off the, the off, off the charge yeah. on this stuff. But at the same time, I love the blunt honesty of some of these comments. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really funny. I mean, I, I and I agree with you, Paul. I, I would, I actually personally would not put it in a CD. I'd put it in a. I'd 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 keep it cash. Uh, first of all, I'm trying to figure out who the hell gives a $50,000 signing bonus but asks to take it back after uh, – in under a year. Like how? what's the mechanics of that is what I mean. Like how does that work? Do you actually cut a check to somebody, say here's $50,000 and let's you know forget for a minute whether they take taxes out or not if it's actually $50,000, whatever it is. Um, how do you actually – claw that back i don't i don't even get that that's weird um i would just dump it in a savings account and leave it there because it ain't my money yet yeah i totally agree but I, I, and i think the best comment here is uh i'd buy me a 2020 toyota supra in lightning yellow there we go that's <laughs> a good and you know what there's a lot of people that do that right they get yeah. that money they spend it and they don't look back and i and i guess maybe sometimes i like to think that maybe that's the way to live but I know that uh, in hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I could tell you that um, I prefer to be in my shoes. And I think we're both on the same page. And the comments are the legitimate comments. I want to say are reflecting this. They're saying, you know what, buddy, put it in the bank, and when it's yours, then you can do what you want with it. But right That's now, right. you don't own it. So I think that is uh, great advice. And once again, I think we're two for two, Jody. I think we're in line with the consensus yeah. of. Of people's uh, comments here, so and I hope whoever that person is, it turns out to be a great job, and they get to keep that fifty k. Absolutely, absolutely. So this one, the next question is a favorite of mine. Is it better to pay off mortgage debt first or use the money to start an equity portfolio? I guess it boils down to interest rates, but the return on equities is volatile and not easy to predict over the term of a mortgage. This is an interesting one because we've talked about this in the past, but I'm curious to hear your take on it, Jody. Well, my first reaction is if you're trying to uh, answer this question based on an interest rate 
or how well your money is going to do or X, Y, and Z, um, you're asking the wrong question. It's always, it's always better to pay off debt, period, full stop. Now, our, our financial superhero is going to disagree with us, Paul. Yeah, this would be uh, a two-hour fight. Absolutely. Uh, that we won't win. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, these two financial right. dads, right. there's no way we're winning against that guy. There is, that, he, is, he will, that is correct. The arguments that will come out will make us rethink our entire lives financially. You got it. But for me, um, without even reading down through the comments here, just that one question, is it better to pay off debt or is it better to invest in the market? Um, you might get some people this week who say it's a great time to buy. And maybe it is a great time to buy this week with all that's going on in the stock market and everything else. That aside, I always pay down debt first, full stop. Yeah, and I think that realistically, I'm looking at these comments and we're against the grain on these comments. The 29 comments are telling this person, hey, put the money into into equities, buy stock. That's what they're saying here. And I yeah. am... Well, and that's this, and that's this week. You know, that's in a down market. You know, when you've got one third of the stock market has evaporated in in ten days. Yeah, 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 and I could see that. Yeah, I, that's definitely true. So, this is probably a lesson learned that you really have to balance your financial advice. So, if you are this person that's sitting on a pile of money, for example, and you're debating whether to pay your mortgage debt or doing an equity portfolio, please don't base your entire decision. On the comments in reddit i want you to research some more i want you to do the math pull out the spreadsheets i want you to factor in risk into the equation i want you to listen to a couple of different financial gurus i want you to um maybe listen to us if you want um my def my de facto stand on this and it's how i've built my financial life is i would pay that mortgage debt off first and get rid of it and then when I have leftover money at some point, when the mortgage interest is gone or the mortgage debt is gone, I would start investing. And even then, I have my own rules that we've talked about in the past when it comes to investing. And, um, you know, for me, um, I, I try to make sure that all my investing or my, I would say, my riskier investments or my uh, more volatile investments are always done in my retirement accounts. Um, I try not to do any investing in my non-retirement accounts. I try to leave that as liquid as possible because you never know when it's going to rain. And um, and I, I probably am wrong sometimes on these points, but my life has led me to here and I'm happy with it. So I'm just going to go with, like you said, on the first story or the first question, Jody, I'm going to go with my gut. If you're sitting on a pile of cash, pay off your mortgage, sleep better, and then you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised how quickly you'll build up a bunch of money again that you could use to buy equities and you could build an yeah. equity portfolio. Even yeah. if it was just paying down the mortgage, I think I'd be, I would do it. And 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 the reason why, we talked about this in the very first podcast that we ever did. It's a mess if you want to listen to it. Um, <laughs> it really is raw, which which I love. Uh, but we talk about, there's a, a, a website out there called The Mortgage Professor. And if you go there, there's a beautiful spreadsheet that he has that you could download that will track extra payments that you pay to the mortgage company. So if you pay $20 a month extra and one month and you pay the next month $1,000 extra and the following month you pay $10,000 extra, it'll keep track of all those extra payments that you're paying. You'll see how your interest will go down. So it does pay, in my opinion, Jody, to not wait until you have a pile of money and then pay your mortgage off. I think aggressively paying into it and taking those big shots at your mortgage over time um, 
is very effective. And you could see those results at a more granular level when you're using a spreadsheet like that. So um, if you go way back into the Facebook uh, page at the way beginning, we, we offer that spreadsheet link for the mortgage professor. And um, and I would definitely download that, make it your own and, and use that. So if you're that person and you happen to be listening uh, to this podcast uh, about paying off your mortgage debt, uh, whether you're paying it off or paying it down, you could use that spreadsheet if you're paying it down. So yep. and uh, one which, more thing to add to that is there's always the option, which we didn't talk about, you could split the middle, take half, put it in equities, take the other half, pay some mortgage debt down, right? Um, if you're paying, if you're paying down, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could, right? So, or paying off, like there's different ways to look. Yeah, you know, you're true. That's true. If I if if I had that money in my hand and it pays off my mortgage, yeah, absolutely, I'm going to just double down, no splitting anything, pay the mortgage off. If if the debt is still outstanding and I could put a big chunk of it away, maybe I would split. You could split it. I personally would not split it. I I my my thing is just keep hammering away at the mortgage. But if you feel compelled to, you want to play with equities and you want to, um. Uh, pay some of your mortgage debt. You could do both, right? So there's nothing telling you uh, out there that says you can't do both. So and that's just, and that's assuming he has a three to six month emergency fund. Yes, set up. yes. It's assuming all those other fundamentals. Yep. Which we don't get that type of visibility into these questions. Which which those are all important points, Jody, that I forgot about, and that's always good to um, to think about. So um, the next the next question is interesting. Need help deciding if I should accept a counteroffer? I recently accepted an offer at a new company which will give me 30% increase in salary. Uh, but his current company, uh, or he or she's current company, has submitted a counteroffer with a 45% raise and a $5,000 signing bonus and a promotion to managerial position. I'm having a hard time deciding what to do. Wow. Um, this is an interesting and tough question. I know what's in my mind. Um, and Jody, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on this uh, before I kind of jump into it. Uh, Without going down into the comments and just reading this questions, there's a lot of lot of things that are not stated here. Uh, on its face, I would say that if your current company came back with a 45% raise to outbid the company that wants to take you away, um, they probably were underpaying you on purpose in the first place. Uh, if they can afford to raise your salary 45% just to keep you, um, they were probably screwing you. Um, the, the other thing I'm thinking of is just because they give you a 45% raise and a $5,000 signing bonus and a promotion to a managerial position that makes you a more expensive, uh, uh, employee. Uh, and there's nothing saying that they can't fire you in three months anyway. Uh, and when they need to cut back, they're, they're probably going to be staring right at you. Um, so, uh, all, the other thing I look at is I see that this other company gives a, a lot of, um, um, extras in their offer, um, like tuition assistance, uh, working remote PTO. It's sort of, it's a more, it's a fuller package there. And this current company is just countering with money. Um, so it, it sounds like, and again, lots of unanswered questions here, but it sounds like the other opportunity is a better one. Um, so just based on what's stated here and without reading the thread, I would go with the new company versus uh, staying with the old. Yeah, this this is a tough question because, and I'm reading the comments, and they're so overwhelmingly surprising that people are saying never accept the counter, which I'm surprised um, because I have a number of friends and colleagues that have, 
And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here uh, because I think that there's risk when you leave and there's risk when you stay. So I think they're, to your point, yes, they, they, you, you've now, you've kind of killed your loyalty a little bit by accepting, but I think also you could go to the new company and it might not work out the way. So I, I, I kind of even those out. Um, I can only tell you from personal experience, I've, I've seriously considered counters in the past, but never took a counter offer. Um, and so this is a tough question. Um, I think that it, it's, it, 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 it's, it's a very daunting and it weighs on people's minds. I can see why this person is, is at a quandary because you're trying, you're, you're, you're fearing, I guess, what's that fear they call it? FOMO? Fear of might, of what fear, might happen. Fear of missing out. Fear of fear, missing out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what people experience FOMO here. and YOLO. Right. So, <laughs> so I think that, um, it's an interesting question. Uh, for me, um, I give, re- I, I mean, like I said, from personal experience, I think that my take on it is I always weigh everything out. I do that when I'm buying a car. I do that when I'm buying a, a house. I, I'm making a key decision. I put everything down on paper. I mull it. I question it. I research it. I would have to say you have to do the same thing here. Right? And if I'm this person, that person's in a tough spot and has to make that decision. And I wish that person a lot of luck with it. Um, so I, I want to say, I think I want to lean on the fact that, and this is very wishy-washy. I think it depends for me. I think it's going to depend upon the situation. I'm going to have to weigh all these factors and I'm going to have to decide for myself what the best course forward is. So I know that's, I'm going to abstain from, from giving an opinion. I'm not going to say you should accept it or not accept it. I think each case is individualized and you really have to give it a hard think. And then the other thing is once you make the decision, whether you leave or stay, don't beat yourself up over it, right? You worked with the facts you had at the time. You made the decision based on the facts you had at the time. And when it comes to employment, typically, they're always a two-way door decision. So if you stay and it doesn't work out, you'll find another company at some point. If you don't stay and go to the new company, it turns out being lousy and you have to find a new job. Shortly after you jump to the new job, you'll work to find a new job, right? There's always a, a way out. It might not be the optimal way out, but there's always a way out. So I wouldn't look at it in those terms. I would look at it also, where do you think you'd be happiest? And forgetting about some of the money aspects of it here for a minute, and it doesn't go into these things here. What is the company like? What is their reputation like? What is the subject matter you're going to be working on? What are the, you know, who are the people you're going to be working with? What's the reputation? All these different things that people I don't think pay enough attention to when they're just looking at, okay, 30% increase, $5,000 signing bonus, two weeks of PTO, tuition or no tuition, like all those different things are, they're all important aspects of looking at your life. But just remember that there's a lot of intangibles that you want to consider as well. And Jody, I'll let you kind of add to that if you want. And I'll, I'll end my rant on that note. It's kind of aligns with what we've said about, you know, buying a house, buy the things you can't change. Um, you know, things like the zip code in the neighborhood and, you know, how busy is the street out in front of the house and how big is the lot and, you know, the backyard and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, when you go into taking a new job, um, 
you've got to buy the things you can't change. And the things you can't change are the, the company culture, um, the job assignment, what they're going to have you doing day in and day out, um, those kinds of things. The, the money will go up and down and you get raises and bonuses and you know, you'll change jobs and all that kind of stuff. That's easy to do. Um, the, buy the things, get into the things that you can't change. Make, base your decision on the things you can't change. And I think the things you can't change is you know, what's in your heart. Good point. Very cool. Very cool. Well, the last question we're going to talk about is, and this is the topic of pay off 401k loan or continue saving an emergency fund. I live in a high cost area that brought a house and bought a house exactly one year ago. As part of my 20% payment I uh, down, I took a loan out of 45000 at 6.5% for my 401k for 60 months. And, he's, and the person's paying it back every paycheck. And he's been applying bonuses to the loan and currently owes a little under 9000 I have a $23,000 emergency fund. Uh, would it be best to pay off the loan, leaving me with fourteen k, or just keep continuing with the paycheck or build up the emergency fund? Um, and the question is very timely because it was asked 15 hours ago and we're in the middle of this, this crisis. So I, I think that for me, my take on it would still be to pay off the loan, get it out of my life, get that worry out, get it off my paycheck. I want that extra money in my paycheck every week. And there's a lot of intangibles here and people are talking about, well, is the job stable? If it's not stable, you know, you're gonna have to pay it back when the when when you get let go. There's all these different things. So for me, the risk is just too high to have money taking and borrowed against my 401k. So I would probably just pay this back and leave myself uh, with a smaller emergency fund. But Jody, what's your take on this uh, on this question? Boom, pay it off, get it out of your life. Um, for all the reasons you just mentioned, Paul, uh, as well as um, just get rid of debt. Um, get, get payments to other people out of your life. Uh, and he's still gonna end up with, what does he say here? Uh, let's see, he's got 20, 23 grand in his emergency fund. He owes a little under 9000 on this loan. He'll get left with $14,000 in his emergency fund. Um, I'm not going to make any you know, math judgments on, on what that would mean for him, but $14,000 in an emergency fund is a, is a healthy emergency fund. Um, and he'll have $400 biweekly. So what's that? 800 bucks extra a month in his pocket. That's a good decision. Pay off a loan. Yeah, I think the terms here make sense. I'm going to just throw something at you, Jody. What what if the money were a little even? What if he only had a $9,000 emergency fund and owed nine? That's a tough one. Um I would still do it. Um I would get the I would get the debt out of my life. Um but if he takes his because if he takes his emergency fund down to zero, um in a month, if he takes that $400 biweekly and puts it back into his emergency fund, month one he's got 800 bucks, month two he's got 1600. Um, as long as that, as long as his job is stable and he, you know, he doesn't get laid off, furloughed, or fired, um, he can build that emergency fund up very, very quickly. So I would still pay off the debt. Yeah, no, I, I think I would agree with you. I think I want to get that debt out of my life. I, it's it's just an interesting one because that would be make it a little tougher of a decision. I think for me. Um, and I always we talked about this on the last podcast, um, stack ranking and trying to figure out what's the prioritization. So if this person had any hint that his or her job was at risk, I may hold on to that 9K if I owed 9K. I'd rather 
have cash on hand and zero myself out. And then there's a risk of me losing my job. Well, on that note, you know, kind of summary recap. I enjoyed this dialogue going back and forth, Jody. I think my recap is we're just dads here and our opinions are what they are. Um, You're going to continue to do your research, look at Reddit, read news articles. You're going to do your research on the web. You're going to do your reading. You're going to ask other friends and family. You're going to ask your trusted financial advisors uh, on your financial decisions. But um, we're just a couple of dads here just voicing our opinion. And uh, the the advice is exactly uh, what you paid for it. Which is it's just zero. So, uh, but anyway, I think that's my take on it. Jody, what's your recap for, for today? Um, yeah, this was a really fun discussion. I, I loved going back and forth on this, and maybe we'll do this uh, a little more often. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a fun way to get some variety of topics and get some ideas. So if any of you are listening and want to learn more about some of the topics we talked about today um, and want us to elaborate on some of these in more detail, uh, just give us uh, just um, – I was going to say, give us a call. One of my, I think I'm on a TV <laughs> show or something or on, on TV. Uh, just send us an email, comment on the Facebook page, and let us know. And maybe we could elaborate on some of these topics. We're always open to suggestions. So, uh, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today. And I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the financial dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you.